Are you the spirit of podcasts past? Maybe not the future. <laughs> That's right. This is the last episode. Let this be a warning to you. This could be you. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name is Dr. Defenestration, and joining me for the first and possibly last time, we'll see how it goes, are my fiends and co-hosts. Captain oh John, hey guys, hello, how are hello, you? Hello, hello. Hello. Happy Halloween. Wow. Likewise. <laughs> I'm particularly interested in cats. Uh, mm, what would you say? Mm-hmm. Attributes. Mm-hmm. Mm. They appear mm. to be very natural. Oh, <laughs> she is a demonic, sexy librarian. Librarian. Devilish. Devilish, Devilish ah, librarian. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you have a pencil tucked in your your bun back there. That's I do. That's I do. It's a Ticonderoga. Mm, very good. <laughs> and John, I see, didn't wear a costume at all. Why not, John? It just looks like a typical one. I, I I am also a gangster. So ah, it's it's all like it. I mean, cheers to you. That's all I got. So. <gasps> Whoa! Wow! Whoa! Please pour one out for our homies. <laughs> Okay. Sometimes you just need a little drink. That's what it is. Are you Run or DMC? I'm DJ Johnny Red, yo. DJ Johnny Red. All right. Johnny Red. DJ Johnny Red and the Fly Slaughter. He's back up dancers. This is Hype Man. On today's show, I'll be hosting. We'll be discussing the truth behind the Glatzel possession oh, oh. Bo- uh, Bono murder that stabs at the heart of the Netflix new documentary. The Devil on Trial. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you're wondering where your friend Will is, we can say hello to him as well. Check Ooh. in on him and have a little fun with him as well. See if we can't shake things up here, let's see. <laughs> oh! <gasps> oh! Hey! Hey, hey, let me out of here! on Facebook. Oh, oh, Cat, Cat, John, John, I, I can't, I, I can't hear you guys. I, I can't see you. No. But listen to me. You gotta get me out of here. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh, I don't know what this this guy has planned for me either. Uh, but it's probably not good. Uh, please, just, just, just listen to it. Ah, enough of that. Oh Leave no! Don't need him anymore. I better text my friends in Ohio. <laughs> See if they can can do a rescue. <laughs> well, I, I have a test. Some testing planned on him later. I want to find out oh. everything I can about podcasters. What makes him so interesting in this medium when I have make no money and have less talent? But we'll find out about that later. Okay, on today's He's show, going to ask, we're going to so do that, blah, blah, blah. Funny. Before we do that, however, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s mm-hmm. media, including Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. His oh, iconic costume is back. The afterlife for Harry Belafonte and mm-hmm. a creep show video game. Time codes are in the show notes if you'd like to skip around. Not Will, Will's captor, before we before we begin yes, sir. Yeah. with the news items. Yes. I, I wanted to take just a second here. I'm still finding because my it, voice. If, yes. if 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 when you abducted Will, if you had yes. looked around mm-hmm. his, you know, his desk or whatnot, mm-hmm. you may have discovered mm. this like a blue envelope. 
Oh, it was addressed to him. Do you I have, have to see anything like that? Oh. There's a red envelope. We have a red envelope. Yes. Yes. It, yes it's very, very That's comparable. True. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think so these are from Cat. And mm-hmm. well, I mean, I mean, Will's supposed to open it. I guess you could. I well, I, mm. I'll have someone. Bring we it could. Hold on. Could you take this to you know who? Nowhere. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thank you. You'll get it momentarily. He's got minions. Perhaps you want to open yours first, okay. John. I can open mine, sure. Okay. So I, uh, I, I did the old exacto trick on it, but I have not mm. opened, opened oh. it properly yet. So. Oh, almost a sneak preview so there. there. Now, right. we talked about gifts, right, Kat? We talked about my problem mm. with gifts. Oh, yes. So I understand. Okay. Well, your, okay. Any reaction yes. you, you have can't is... can't pretend to be excited. <laughs> so if it's so, shit, you'll know it. So it, it's, it's a... It's a it feels <laughs> knitted or macrame or something. Oh, okay. right. um, so, yeah, something similar. Okay, yes. Pretty good. Let's see. Oh, what is that? Oh, 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 it looks like the top oh. of a pope hat. You got a pope hat. Oh no, it's, it doesn't. Know. Is that what it is? No, no. It seems oh. like maybe. It's it's a little oh, pope. It's hat. yes, pope hat. It's like if if my grandmother found out I joined Starfleet, she go, oh, I've needed a little something for you for your uniform. Oh. You put it on your jammies. She'd be lovely. John, that would look Thank great you, on Kat. your hat, right in the center. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. Right That's a cool right Oh, it totally matches. Mm-hmm. You put it in the middle here like this. Oh, yeah. I'm told that Will now has his. Amazing. Oh, they're there. They're almost. What is this? Oh. This is the thing. Cat, this is the yes. thing you got here. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Honey. All right, I'm going to open it. You're running out of time. Mm. <laughs> this, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so, what is it? This is oh so my amazing. God. This is enough to cheer me up down here. Oh, look at that. Keep me oh warm, too. <laughs> Thanks. Cat, Duh. John, the Duh. same one. I- oh, wonderful. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. In a few hours, he's going to want to eat that hat. <laughs> he might need to. to. <laughs> Backstory, would yes. you like? Sure. Please. Yes. yes. Well, we learned something about Will mm, sometime in the past six months. I forget when. Mm-hmm. That he gets a little chilly. Yes, this is true. Absolutely. <laughs> and he was um, mm-hmm. endeavoring to uh, keep himself warm, even with a hat, mm-hmm. in bed, but he. He was still wanting to be attractive to his wife. That's right. And I happen to know that Will's wife. <laughs> that's gonna make it Star Wars. Yes, yes, she does love Star Wars. That's right. <laughs> You're right. And R two D two is on her so, hall pass. That's right. You're absolutely right, Cat. So, Cat, what you're thinking is this: you're, you're thinking she's gonna look at Will and go, "All right." He's bundled mm. up like a burrito. Yeah, he's got his socks yeah. tucked in his, his, his pants mm-hmm. tucked in his socks. Right. He's, right. he's got a triple pillow stuffed in, under his neck, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's perfect. he's got this little beanie. <laughs> That's right. Thus doable. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I see. Your logic is, is infallible. You, you, you broke mm. me, John. Um, yes. Yes. And then I thought, well, I got to make something for John too, of course, mm-hmm. but- Mm. John does not need to be warm. Mm. <laughs> no, but this will know. make me more attractive to my wife. You're right yes. about that one. And I think originally she was stitching a thong and then gave up. It's like a cod piece. Since she knows you like to sleep in the nude. Where, where did you start? What part is this? It's the cod is piece. Is this the front or the strap? <laughs> That's the ass. That's the ass. I don't part. know if I'm offended or, I don't know. or honored. I don't know. <laughs> 
I was just following a pattern. Went down to Michael's Crafts. Okay, enough of that nonsense. Let's get on with 1980s. No! Yes. This week, as reported by comicbook.com. Am I I going to... Okay. Beetlejuice... Beetlejuice's iconic threads. Oh, you're committed now. In addition to her memorable work for Wednesday and The Little Mermaid, four-time Academy Award-winning costume designer Colleen Atwood has been working on Tim Burton's long-awaited sequel to Beetlejuice. While chatting about her work on the upcoming Pain Hustlers, comicbook.com, by the way, because uh, Will and I have different uh, uh, prescriptions... I had to make this a mm-hmm. jumbo, the script just jumbo-sized, <laughs> so I could read it without the, without the benefit of glasses. Although I did bring cheaters, just in case. Ooh, oh, 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 wow. Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm slightly less terrified by the yes. nutty professor. Oh, then I must tear them off. <laughs> While chatting about her work on the upcoming Pain Hustlers, comicbook.com asked Atwood about the follow-up outing for the ghost with the most. And Atwood revealed that fans will be seeing Michael Keaton in his titular character's iconic striped suit. Mm-hmm. Atwood said, well, Beetlejuice has to have a striped suit. It's like doing Alice in Wonderland. Alice needs a blue dress. How long they wear it is another thing. But Beetlejuice is the quintessential Beetlejuice. Strangely, it was Michael. He thinks the burgundy tux is the quintessential Beetlejuice, not the striped suit. Yeah. I would be stunned if they didn't have the striped suit. It'd be like, mm. you're going to do Top Gun Maverick, but... No planes. You know, you got to, there's something you've got to have. Yes. You've got to have that striped suit. I'd be, I'd be mad if they didn't. I imagine he might I would s- too. start in it and then burst out in the first moments. Mm-hmm. Like, that was old. Now it's new. Now I'm, look at my, check out my riz or whatever that is. <laughs> now the stripes are vertical. <laughs> no, they were vertical, right? They were vertical. Oh. Uh, horizontal. horizontal. Edit that. You can edit that. Pretend, pretend this isn't live. It just the diagonal. <laughs> Ho, 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 <laughs> This is the Halloween bit, not the Your Christmas face. bit. Oh. Holes, yes. Ho, 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 horizontal. Now, Oscar-nominated costume designer Aggie Gerard Rogers designed the costume for the original film. She also worked mm-hmm. on Burton for Big, uh, for Pee-wee's Big Adventure as well. Another of my mm-hmm. favorites of Tim Burton. I realize I'm not exaggerating my voice enough sometimes. Regarding the forthcoming <laughs> sequel... Director Burton recently told The Independent, I tried to strip everything and go back to the basics of working with good people and actors and puppets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, he's going, he's going back to that? So that means uh, on the other movies I worked on, everyone was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> were very few of them were puppets, which was unfortunate. Speaking of Beetlejuice... As reported yes. by the Los Angeles Times, you can't have Beetlejuice without Harry Belafonte. The music mm-hmm. from the entertainer who died earlier this year is forever intertwined with Tim Burton's 1988 comedy. Now, were you familiar with his music before? Before what? Before, before the movie. Before it was <laughs> oh. popularized <laughs> in the film. Ish. 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 Yeah. I probably... I probably was most introduced to Harry Belafonte post Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the first time I'd heard it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was not my first time hearing it either. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly three, mm-hmm. three decades earlier, Belafonte helped popularize the Jamaican folk song Deo. How does it go? Deo. Yep. 
by recording it for his hey, 19th. Oh. There you go. I know I could encourage you to do that. Album Calypso. <laughs> 30 years. What's that? You didn't get me. Didn't get didn't you. Get Cat you. fell for it. Well, then 30, 30 years afterward, Belafonte's smooth baritone for Dale memorably emerged from the mouth of Catherine O'Hara's Delia during a kooky dinner party mm-hmm. set piece. Mm-hmm. I always thought mm-hmm. it seemed very incongruous, but not in the, not in the way they, which they attended. And for mm-hmm. me, part of the problem was it didn't sound like the music was in the space. Mm. It sounded mm-hmm. as if it was mm-hmm. another track, which it was, to which she lip-synced. Sure, I agree. It would have been much more effective if it was- Movie magic. As if it was booming out of her mouth for real. I have mm-hmm. a big problem with this just generally. Oh, ADR. No. Hmm. It sounds like it. Okay. ADR. Uh-huh. You know, ADR. They, they, they go to all this trouble to yeah. make it sound like, to, to for visual effects, to make stuff look in the space. But when they loop mm-hmm. and add in dialogue later, they don't, mm-hmm. they do, haven't, and I know, I have an idea of how they could, have technology that allows them to replicate whatever was true on the set that day. Or just right. have them go to a similar space. No, they're in a studio and then they're tweaking knobs to try to make it sound like it was... Mm-hmm. Right. Add a little echo, add a little mute, you know, whatever. Something. Some muffled, yeah. I mean, they do it, but mm-hmm. they just, it's like they don't have enough for it. Anyway. No. No. Uh, me, I am very good with technology and audio particularly, as is demonstrated <laughs> oh, oh, by this yes. episode. Yes. <laughs> Evidenced. Mm, yes. The suggestion to use the song came from O'Hara herself, according to mm. co-star and perhaps convicted uh, felon, Jeffrey Jones. Was he ever convicted of those bad, very bad things that he did? Mm. You guys don't know oh. what I'm talking about. Google oh, it. It's no. horrible. It's horrible. Oh, dear. Uh, oh. She wanted Uh-oh. to bring more energy to the scene. My ignorance is bliss. Which had originally mm. planned to use an old school R&B song. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that would have been I wonder which one. Fine. Yeah. Too. I don't know. Yeah, it uh, depends on what it was, maybe. But it turns out Back to the Future had already used Johnny B. Good, so it wasn't available. <laughs> Johnny! <laughs> Johnny be good Johnny be good Everything must be sane in that cadence With those notes I realize I'm starting to become true crime Uh, (laughs) It was Belafonte's recordings were reportedly cheaper To license too Using using the song in the movie was a strange ask For the Jamaican American star But one Belafonte didn't mind Particularly because it came directly from the legendary movie and music magnate David Giffen, who reportedly mm. called Belafonte and told him that he wanted to use the original recordings for the song, or for the film, rather. Mm-hmm. Oh, boss calls, yeah. Mm, yes. Belafonte said, I never had a request like that before. We talked briefly. I liked the idea of Beetlejuice. I liked him, and I agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, a bunch of his songs were included, including the after the, the number at the end where Lydia Dietz is then dancing and levitating Singing, mm-hmm. the, levitating, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. At the end. I, jump the jump. Yeah, the line, that's my favorite. Right? Jump in the body. Yeah. Right? I don't know. It's jump on my playlist. The, the Lock intent. The body in time. Okay. The, I believe you. Marcus says, in case in the case of Deo, I think that was on purpose, and for me, added to the otherworldliness. Mm, oh, maybe an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, hmm. but like, what what did it sound like to the people in the dinner with her? You know. Did they sound like it was mm-hmm. coming out of her mouth, but sounded just like the record, but didn't sound like it was in the space? <laughs> I mean, even if it was the record coming out of her mouth, it would have sounded like it was in the dining room. Yeah. Just right. add a little reverb and you would have been perfect. I mean, just something. Yeah, so it yeah, didn't yeah. sound like the original recording clean. Is that what just, you're saying? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just, yeah. It's just, you could tell it's, it's a whole other track. Karen says, we know about John's fondness for puppets. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh. Well, we interviewed, uh, yes, we, uh, we, what was his name? Yes. When I wasn't uh, here, you interviewed the oh, puppet John. guy. Yeah, the guy that worked on the Fraggle Rock. John Tartaglia, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't me. Name drop for Will. That was Cat. I just got the I, name right. I, 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 I. All right. You anyway. said, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> anyway. After the film, Belafonte's music became even more popular than it was 30 years earlier, introducing a whole mm-hmm. new generation to the songs. Yes. I, yes. It was fine. I don't know. It always, I like the movie, but it always... I, I don't know that for me it wasn't as a successful contra not contradiction juxtaposition as I think they wanted mm-hmm. it to be. I don't know, whatever. Who cares? You mean the music? Yes. The soundtrack. Yes, okay. as compared yeah. to the mm-hmm. antics of the film. You've got mm-hmm. the supernatural mm-hmm. shenanigans okay. and then this Jamaican, you know, like folk mm-hmm. music. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up on that, Will's abductor, because I never mm-hmm. really thought about that, but I like that song because it was in Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't like that song nearly as much outside of Beetlejuice had it never been in there. It just felt hmm. random. <laughs> like it didn't, it wasn't like a logical, like, of course it's Deo. It's like, what the hell is this Deo? Yes. So but is it, it just felt weird. The movie? Well, it is. The, the it vibe is. of the movie is kind of all over the place and random. It just so feels it? a bit one further step removed from the rest of the weirdness of the movie. Okay. Now that you mentioned right. it. Yeah, it's... Okay. I'll back you up on that a little bit. Mm. I want to hear what you guys would have put in there. I don't... I was trying to think that mm. just now. Yeah. Uh, that's hard. I mean, in that look... I think if it mm-hmm. sounded like it was in the space, I think I would have be, I'd be fine with it. I know I'm being be so wonky okay. about this and nobody cares. All right, whatever. <laughs> we could do Monster Mash or Werewolves of London. Mm. Or uh, is that too, stuff you could have is used. Is that too spot on though? But, right. And then they could have been, uh, ooh, they could have been howling and that could have oh. sounded in the space. It would have been beautiful. Scene. Maybe an, maybe oh, an opera. Yeah. Uh, maybe a uh, comedic song. Or Queen. Scottamoosh, Scottamoosh. Yeah. <laughs> Thunderbolts and lightning. Okay, it's kind of on the nose. Very, very frightening. Uh, I I probably would have enjoyed any of those, actually. (laughs) Any of your selections. (laughs) Owl writes, Jeffrey Jones pleaded no contest. It is now a registered naughty person. Oh, wow. Is is that what it says on the the form? (laughs) Is that what I am tonight? My registered naughty person too, yeah. Hi, I just moved to the neighborhood. I'm so naughty. <laughs> Dominic writes, Beetlejuice was a feel-good movie, according to Lauren Burbert. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's political. We don't get political. But that's oh also gosh. factual as well. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Brandon says, never have I heard an in-depth discussion about Beetlejuice in a semi-serious... Semi-serious level? Level. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Level. Mm-hmm. I'm barely Neither being able to I, read it Brandon. as it is, as tiny as it is on the screen. Okay. Hey, in other 1980s oh, news... Yes. In other 1980s news, wait, more. Owl said before they died, Davis and Baldwin were listening to Belafonte in the attic. Oh, yeah, that's right. Day Wanna Wonga. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Yeah. And right then Nick there. says, Da Wanna Wonga. Da Wanna Wonga. Okay, let's see here. In other 1980s news, as reported by Bloody Disgusting, a creep show video mm. game is on the way. Oh. Whoa. Oh, shit. Uh oh. Damn it. I see a head shaking. Mm. No, no. Oh, oh, What's up? oh, oh, okay. No, no, okay. I'm not judging the news. I'm judging the information in the news. Don't, oh. don't be self-conscious. They said they were, you know what? I had a clip of this. Where did it go? Oh, uh-oh. Um, 
No, this is. I got so many programs and shit. Uh, (laughs) Creep show, creep show. I'm going to take my time and get this right. We're ready. It's just something I didn't say before the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I think think probably 30 minutes in is the time to really get ready. Definitely. Just getting warmed up. (laughs) Literally, I had to take my glove off. I'm getting very warm. <laughs> Marcus said, "Registered naughty person, great rapper name. Great I like it. Yeah. Name. <laughs> oh, I'm naughty by register, not because I hate R- you. <laughs> you down with RNP? Ah. RNP, yeah, you know me. <laughs> Here we go, creep show. Okay, a creep show video game is on the way. Fortunes foretold. Come closer." Oh my goodness. <laughs> At the Indie Horror Game Showcase, Dread XP dropped the teaser for their upcoming adaptation of the iconic horror anthology series, Creepshow. Mm. While no gameplay was shown and no specifics about the game were revealed, we don't know anything about it. Why am I even bringing it up? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It will, however, according to the developers, follow the films and TV show in retaining the anthology horror format, consisting of multiple self-contained horror stories that cross gameplay genres and tone. Huh. Mm. I will say, if you watch that video from which that audio was ripped, it's not scary or creepy at all. I mean, this, mm, this is this big okay. reveal of this guy, and it's like he doesn't look ghoulish. He doesn't. It looks like a cowboy, cowboy yeah. or something. Did you watch this cat? Did you watch this teaser? I no, I it? somehow missed okay. that. Okay, I missed right. the teaser. Well, here yeah. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Ready? There's a guy with a real big wide brim hat, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. tipped down so you can't see his face. Okay, and so you're like creep show this is going to be that crypt keeper dude this mm-hmm. is going to be awesome right, yeah. right. and then he keeps he keeps going creep. blah 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 something <laughs> vaguely scary as you're getting closer to him and then he goes and now the big reveal of me and he tips his head up and he's just some weird dude oh yeah. not even skeletal nothing not even skeletal just a, oh. so not only was it not scary it told me absolutely nothing about this game that's coming up mm-hmm. beyond that Mm-hmm. How do you turn Creep Show into a game? Yes. <laughs> it just feels like a latch onto a IP to do whatever game you had planned. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an anthology. Therefore, it could be anything that I want it to be. <laughs> right, right. I don't have high hopes for this. Aww. Why do you announce it if you have nothing to show but that garbage? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's all uphill from here. Yeah. I guess. Mm. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you think if they didn't have the funding yeah. by now, they're in trouble. Because. Anybody who saw oh. this, like, uh, yeah, mm, no thanks, nope. pass. Nope. I thought the Don't creep, take that on Shark Tank. I thought it was no. going to be the creep also. And the, and the voice isn't even good. The the, vo- the, the voice actor, yeah. or the actor Joe, Joe Silver, not Joel, not producer Joel Silver, but voice actor, <laughs> actor Joe <laughs> Silver, did the voice of the creep uh-huh. and creep show too. And that voice was creepy and weird to me, especially when uh-huh. it's combined with the cartoons. There's something very... And the music, I don't know. It's very unsettling. Mm-hmm. The c- cartoon segments, transitions in the creep show too. Yes. Um, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. But this, uh, yeah, this is like nothing. Uh, and I could see how you can make it work if it's like the animation from the movie. Uh, and maybe each level is like a story or something, but 
this is, I don't know, this is disappointing already. Yeah. But don't you think you've got to show us something of that? What oh, yeah. they showed us was, it made me less interested in the game than before I'd heard of it somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's like mm-hmm. a trailer that made me negative more interested. Yeah. <laughs> We are told that Dread X... Here you go, Marcus. I'm getting back into it. Dread XP's Creepshow video game will bring the series to an interactive format in 2024 across multiple platforms. The game will feature the talents of several renowned independent video game developers with the mortuary assistant developer Brian Clark acting as the game's creative director. I don't know. It means nothing to us. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're working too hard at this. Yeah. Of course, the original <laughs> movie we've talked about is uh, was a night came out in 1982. It was written by Stephen King in his mm. debut as a screenwriter and directed by George Romero, who also, oh. of course, Kat, <gasps> directed um, Night of the Living Dead. Yes, have you seen it? I started it. I didn't get to finish uh, watching mm-hmm. it yet, okay. but we started it. It's too yeah. scary. It was too scary. <laughs> I had to go to bed. <laughs> I needed sleep. Well, I couldn't watch anymore. She, she got up to, they're coming for you, Barbara. <laughs> Click, turn this off. <laughs> That's like the first 10 minutes. Of the Very early in. They're, they're in the house. Barbara, right? there's, Barbara? Yeah. Uh, I forgot her name. I don't yeah. know. But they're in the house. Definitely yeah. in like an old farmhouse. Mm-hmm. I would say watch the movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Creepshow 2 is even better yep. than Creepshow 1. That's good advice. Yeah. More mm-hmm. about this video game. All right. Anything yeah. else here? Was mm. Creepshow show Stephen King, Wes Craven, or Clive Barker? Okay, well, yeah, Stephen King. All these horror properties are running together. Exactly. I know. Yes. I, I agree, Karen. <laughs> Marcus says, I love how Will, and he says love, and I imagine it's in quotes. I love how Will is making linguistic decisions on a word-to-word basis. Mm. I love I it too. <laughs> I'm not married to it. Anyway, okay, very good. That was 1980. Oh, ling- very good. He's very linguistically good. fluid. Yes. <laughs> that was 1980s booze. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's got, that sounds like an alcohol, though. That was 1980s <laughs> booze. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, that's that's it. Our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com slash support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. All right. Hey. Sammy. Sammy Davis was Um, asked to be in the movie. Beetlejuice? (laughs) What? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, Dominic also said Arnold Schwarzenegger was asked to be in it. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 1980s was asked to be in every movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because he was box office Mm -hmm. gold. It was like guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Even his worst films made money. All right. Hey, as we mentioned earlier, let's talk about... uh, Actually, so so we... we, I think we teased or mentioned this. I think it was on the show. I know we talked about it before the show that Mm -hmm. the Netflix recently aired a documentary, what they're calling a documentary... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, it is. It is ish on Netflix about the uh, let's see the Glatzel possession slash uh, Bono murder. 
uh, from the early 1980s, which was the Mm -hmm. subject of many different uh, TV, made-for-TV movies, and most recently a feature film, The Conjuring 3, uh, which came out uh, in 2021. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so here we got another stab at this story. So I figure we'll talk about uh, some of the the, the quote. (laughs) Okay. The real events, Mm -hmm. I suppose... And mm-hmm. are you saying that with air quotes? The real, well, yeah, I guess I'll say we'll talk about the events as they were, huh, as we understand them, how they were, uh, you know, show portrayed in the documentary, which follows for the most part, the stories as we were t- have been told for decades now. And some other information that maybe adds, you know, leads to some questions about this whole Michigas. Um, mm-hmm. So John, I know you were, you were hot on this documentary. You like this sort of thing. Did you actually get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I think I have watched about 75% of it okay. uh, before I uh, <clears throat> got either sidetracked or perhaps in my old age fell asleep. Oh. Um, I love the percentage. I, I have I was, no percentage. Also, no idea what percentage I watched of the Native of the Living it's Dead. A, it's an <laughs> okay produced documentary. I was uh-huh. I didn't know what to expect. When we talked about it, I had not seen a trailer or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I thought oh, it was going okay. to be... Oh, some people talking about this this tri- murder trial and be some stock footage and some, and then mm-hmm. when it cuts to the guy sitting in a chair going, "Hi, I was possessed by a demon when I was eleven years old." Like, they have the guy, yeah, and they have his family, yeah. right? And he says the first time he's spoken on camera about any of this, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just like okay, now this is something I want to watch. And so when I was fading, I think it's probably when I stopped it because I'm like <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep during this. But mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. not the best made documentary ever. Have you watched okay. any of it? You haven't, Kat. Have you any of it, Will? You yeah, watch I didn't it? get a chance. Every They say every photograph and every audio sample mm-hmm. is real, but they reenacted scenes. That, of course, they had no video footage of things right. that right. took place. And yeah. some of the pictures and audio stuff is, if you can believe it was undoctored, mm-hmm. it's pretty weird. It's oh, pretty unbelievable. Yeah. And Interesting. Spe- speaking, speaking of that, I do have an audio clip uh, from uh, mm. one of the recordings mm-hmm. that were made by the Warrens, who are, you know, the the uh, protagonists in the Conjuring films and uh, some other films were the demonologist in the Amityville Horror. Uh, mm-hmm. In that story, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a clip of an audio clip that they made during the exorcism of David Glatzel, who John's talking about. Mm-hmm. Get, out of mm-hmm. Get out of my son. Get out of my son. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get out. Get away from me. Get away from me. yeah. Uh, oh my. Not a whole lot of David there, but uh, like Tom was pointing out, I mean, the kid speaks in that sort of, you know, low register voice, very growly, uh, swears, mm-hmm. you, you know, obscenities as his mother, at his mother, uh, says mm-hmm. Jesus will die in hell, um, calls his mother a douchebag, <laughs> and then laughs. Oh my. <laughs> There's some funny okay. things too. But um, uh-huh. I saw one critique of the No, doc- wait, hold, yeah. hold up. Hold, 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 hold. Before we go any further. <laughs> I need to know. That was amazing. I need to know your attitude yes. toward demonic possession. Mm-hmm. Do you ah. think it's total bullshit? Is there something to it? Mm. Because I think that yeah. foundation is important oh, as mm-hmm. we talk about this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, so I, I sprung it on you. So mm-hmm. I'll start first. Okay. 
I don't know that I believe mm. in demons or angels or anything, but I certainly believe in extra normal, paranormal, something beyond our senses. I believe mm-hmm. it's possible that there is some sort mm-hmm. of energy left over that ah. could do something. The, the religious aspect I'm on, but, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't think it's BS. I think there's something to it. So, okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think? So, so Will is having an out of body experience. What he about you, Kat? Definitely is. Yeah. He's he's uh, looking for body parts yeah, I'm or something. For this book. Uh, here we go. I okay. I'm, I'm I'm with you, John. I'm not. I, I don't. It, it's not something I believe. Like, oh, that actually happened. But I'm mm-hmm. open to the possibility that there are things that can happen that I you know, mm-hmm. don't happen to believe in <laughs> or mm-hmm. that I might not fully understand. I'm not. So you're, you're to open say. to that, though you don't have a belief, but you're open to the possibility. Is that yes. fair? Yes. Cause okay. I, I'm sort of a, yeah, I don't say, oh, never. I, I don't okay. say that's, right. that could never happen, but I'm not, I'm not a believer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess John, first, you know, you said something about some sort of energy, something left behind. That's where I reached for this mm-hmm. book. To that extent, I recommend this book by Brandon, by parapsychologist Brandon Masulo, uh, who was mm. a guest on the show. One of our very first guests. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 what he advances here as far as accounting for spirits, it's a scientific thing that is really interesting to me. And it's, it's yeah. that essentially mm-hmm. we're all made up of, you know, electromagnetism. The earth is made of electromagnetism. And in short, mm-hmm. When we pass on or when we have, when we do activities, he, I'm going to, I'm oversimplifying it, that the earth itself mm-hmm. is like a solid state drive and different mm. things, including mm. us, events, et cetera, can get stored in it. And folks experiencing what they would think of as uh, supernatural activity, you know, or ghosts, et cetera, feelings mm-hmm. or, you know, of something happening or even seeing something, he believes is people having this ability to sort of being hypersensitive to this electromagnetic energy, mm-hmm. this data that's stored. Okay. Um, that doesn't account. And, and if you believe that, then that doesn't account for possession. And therefore, if you, if you think this is the only thing that accounts for all sort of paranormal activity, there is no possession because these things are just recorded. They're not interactive. It's, it's basically like you've seen some right. of these sci-fi films where they're able to play a moment that happened. Uh, like Minority Report, I think has something like that. Um, but mm. as far as demons and Possessing people, I, I think I don't believe in that. I think it's a crock of shit. Um, I think <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> l- lending uh-huh. to that is this idea, which is fascinating to me, is that you know, like in this Glatzel story that we you know we'll talk about. Um, ultimately, we have this kid exercise. So I, I, I guess just mm-hmm. quickly, in short, what what happened is this family, the Glatzel family, moved into a home in early in the nineteen eighties, in nineteen eighty, to be specific. And immediately the, the young boy, David, who was 11, starts saying he's feeling weird things. Uh, he does claim he saw like a, a figure uh, at different times, including at night. He saw it out in the mm-hmm. woods. Um, he saw the face of this figure some, in the darkness, I think, inside of his home. Um, and he wanted to get the hell out of there. And they didn't believe him. They thought, you know, he's just, he's a kid, whatever. Um, ultimately... He starts acting out. His visions get, you know, worse. Um, he starts speaking in that voice and cursing at his family and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so right. it becomes a real, uh, you know, it, it's a real burden for the family to, to be, be be dealing with this. So yeah, the, the family does contacts uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, 
Mm-hmm. Again, the demonologists from those Conjuring films. They're real life people, or they were. They're no longer right. with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they get yeah. a, I think, I think this is the right order. They get a priest involved to do an exorcism, which is what I played you that clip of. You hear the mother and I think Lorraine talking about trying to get the, the demon to leave. And I think in the documentary, they simplify it. I remember in The Conjuring 3, they simplified it. They do the exorcism. And during the exorcism, David's uh, soon-to-be brother-in-law, so his, his sister's fiance, Arnie Johnson, uh, says, don't pick on this kid. You want to pick on somebody? Pick on someone your own size. Take me. Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing. Yeah. And the exorcism comes to an end. One thing they don't mention is the, the Warrens claim that they exorcised 41 demons from David, not just one, 41. I think it was 41. It was, 41. It was over 40. <laughs> I think it said 42. And I just thought it was ironic because that's the, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Hitchhiker's Guide, the magical oh, number of life universe and everything. Life kind universe of thing. and everything. Because okay. yeah. I think the number you remember in the article was that in the film, The Conjuring 3, they omitted 41 of them. Oh, okay. That's what issue. it is. 41 plus Be- one. Because that would make it, make it sound less believable that there were 42 right. demons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so they claim they do that. And then months later, months, I don't know, how much was it, John? Eight, seven, eight, nine months later, mm-hmm. Arnie Johnson, uh, who I told you about, is, is the, you know, will be the brother-in-law ultimately of David, the possessed kid. So the kid's fine now for months. After the exorcism, he's fine. Uh, and then what happens so we thought- is uh, Arnie Johnson, who at the time is 19, his sister Wanda and his fiance Debbie Glatzel, uh, her cousin Mary and Debbie's employer, who's also uh, her landlord and, and Arnie's landlord because they're living together. His name is Alan uh, Bono. They go to lunch mm-hmm. to a bar at a bar. And over the course of the afternoon, Bono drinks to a point where he's, he's belligerent. Um, and and uh, Johnson suggests to the girls, let's get out of here. We don't want to be around this guy. Um, right. And apparently Johnson, according to the story anyway, Bono starts roughly handling the, the young girl, Mary which mm-hmm. makes Johnson mm-hmm. really angry, who, who then fight, gets into a fight with Bono, uh, pulls out a pocket knife, and stabs Bono repeatedly. Uh, Bono dies a few hours Eesh. later from the wounds. Um, Johnson is found uh, about two miles away from the scene of the crime. Um, when he's picked up, he <sighs> says he doesn't know what happened. He's told he, you killed your friend. He doesn't remember what happened since you know, being at the bar mm-hmm. and being found on the side of the road. Um, again, the, what the documentary covers is ultimately <laughs> his attorneys decide, you know, in the Warrens, you know, with the Warrens in the family, you know, they put two and two together, so to speak. And they realize, Hey, jackass, you shouldn't be asking demons to come and possess you when we're exercising them. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> That's why you killed them. The demon oh went in you. <laughs> so they find an attorney who's willing to take on this case uh, to uh, argue Amazing. that it's the first in the U.S. <laughs> now, the, the, this is it's the first in the U.S. that you know prepared to argue that you're not guilty by by means of you know demonic possession. Demonic possession. According yeah. to the attorney in the documentary, it had been uh, successfully argued this this type of defense in in England in the U.K. three times prior, but never in the U.S. Uh, now mm-hmm. I take issue with this whole title, this thing, devil on trial or any of the articles about it, because yes. as John knows for even just watching 75% of the documentary, they never yep. argue that it was a defense based on demonic possession because they yeah. go to the judge, Hey, this is what we want to do. And the judge says, yeah, you're not doing that. 
Nope. Right. You can't. What, yeah. what are you going to bring in for evidence? No, forget it. We're not doing right. that. Yeah. That, that, was the, that was the foundation on which they wanted to build a case. Yeah. And they're like, you can believe that, but you can't actually use that as the defense because it's indefensible. It's unprovable. Yeah. As far as, far as we know. As far as anyone knows. Yeah. It's I mean, unprovable. Yeah, what would you bring in? Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. So uh, right. Arnie- It's going to be like uh, Miracle on 34th Street. I call to the stand. Yeah. The <laughs> devil. Right. Well, I do have the devil's mail here. So perhaps <laughs> we can deliver the devil letters to the devil to this guy. Then what right. would you swear on a stack of? Right. Necronomicon. Karen says, are you guys familiar with the McMartin's trial? I went down a rabbit hole recently doing an article about the satanic panic for the retro network. Yes. Yeah. That's another oh. one. That's another one where, you know, the, the devil got maligned. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, look, it's, again, this is, this <laughs> is an era. PR. Yeah, this is an era of, uh, and what's that book called? Michelle Remembers or Remembered. Uh, that in era where this, this concept of demonic possession and people eating babies and worshiping the devil and, uh, you know, uh, hypnosis used to recall events that you had buried that involved, you know, this is when it's all happening. So it, it makes, it's, it's not surprising that this is advanced. Yes. Anyway, yeah. so then Arnie, they switch their defense and he starts arguing self-defense uh, and the jury sentences him to 20 years. He does mm. five. And when he comes mm -hmm. out, he and Debbie get married and they're together, uh, happily married until she passed, she passed away a few years ago. And that's the, mm. that's the story mm. as presented in the documentary. And, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're to believe that these people believe this, but there's other, mm -hmm. there's other, <laughs> there's other facts. And I, just, I think I found it fascinating that the other facts actually make it slightly more believable if you knew all the other facts. And yet they uh -huh. omitted some of the most right. supportive details yeah. that would lend more credence to the story. Well, what do you think? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and two, while, we, while we're talking about it, it's, yeah. I think the part they're not addressing necessarily is that maybe it's not demonic possession. Mm -hmm. But if the parties involved believe it is, mm -hmm. then that is the problem, although <laughs> it's only due to a mental problem in the, the person. So, sure. so for that, for that person in their mind, mm. in their world, that is why they did it. Yes. But that doesn't mean that's really why they did it. Right? No, but it could so. be a delusion. It could be categorized as. A, exactly. A you can be so illness. terrified. You believe it so fully. I mean, there, there are it, people have, I guess, died of fear. They're so afraid or they're so distraught and have a panic attack. Yeah. If you believe something strongly enough, it's real to you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. I guess I don't know where we go with that, <laughs> yeah. though. Because the way Will's saying, yeah, he does not agree. Uh, well, That's just, yeah, but it means I'm no. I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah. obviously the law exists in a way that, as a gatekeeper, right? Because someone yeah. can come in and say, yeah, I was flying on a dragon, and, you know, the dragon's the one that, you know, stole the car mm. or whatever. It's like, all right, right. now what? Be, all right. Where's the limit? Well, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying the person is not still culpable for the act. Right. Okay. Right. I don't even think yeah. it's a defense, but they yeah. can be telling the truth and it still be oh, not I factual. See. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, to that extent, yeah. I'm yeah. going to pre present you yeah. with some other things to consider to decide whether yeah. or not these Lay folks were telling the truth. Um, okay. In a 2007 mm -hmm. lawsuit, uh, David's older brother Carl uh, and David yep. filed a lawsuit in which they said that David was actually mentally ill. So David okay. and Carl said this. I buy that. Although the family seemed like they, although the, to John's point, the family claimed that he was possessed, later David's father claimed that wasn't true. Uh, and in fact, oh. what's interesting in the documentary, yeah. I played you that clip of the exorcism and you hear, you know, them, mm -hmm. them telling, get out, get out. And he's saying to his mom, you know, fuck you and all this kind of crazy stuff. You're burning hell. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, Carl, mm-hmm. the, the interesting about the documentary, I don't know if you got this far, John, it's, it's kind of a twist for folks, I guess, who are buying into the first part of it is Carl mm-hmm. Jr., who's the older brother, is kind of the last 25 to 30% of the documentary. And he's telling all these stories from his perspective. And one of them was, he said, yeah, you, you saw that exorcism and my brother would act out and no one, he, my, they would be commanding him, the demon, get out, get out. And he wouldn't listen. My father, at some point, who hung back and was like, I don't believe any of this bullshit. At some point, he just comes storming into the room, grabs my brother, smacks him and says, cut this shit out. We've had enough of it. And he goes and wow. sits on, and the brother goes and sits on the couch and suddenly he's back to normal. So he said, <gasps> the pre- he wouldn't mm. listen to a priest, the demon, oh. but he listened to his wow. father. Oh. So if, that, if we're to believe that is the actual fact of what happened, then that suggests that he was continuing to act out in this way as long as someone was believing it and humoring it. Yes. Yes. And then maybe the father was like, come on, you dipshit, quit it. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, dad, I'm sorry. And, and to that end, I mean, I'm sorry, dad. To that end on the documentary, Carl- <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry, son. Go on, please continue. <laughs> to that end, uh, Carl tells a story that he said when they brought the, L- L- uh, the Warrens in, Lorraine and Ed mm-hmm. were telling his mother, how a child would behave if they were possessed. Well, they would do this and they would do this. And he said, now it was curious to me and he's older. It was, he was 15 at the time. He said, it was odd Mm -hmm. to me that they didn't send the kids away. Instead, they had David there while they're saying this. He said, so of course Mm -hmm. David heard how he was supposed to behave if they, if he were to be believed to be possessed. Wow. Interesting. And the very least you think you'd want to spare a child, that sort of thing. But (laughs) again, and to play the devil's advocate, unless he already knew how a demon would behave because it was in him. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I guess the implication- That's a stretch, admittedly. The, 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 question, I get the question is, <laughs> had he been growling and swearing at his mother prior? Well, but there's certain, before the exorcism, there was certainly footage of him just in his home with Polaroids and they're holding a little tape recorder up to his face. Yes. And he's acting out in that same way, mm-hmm. which- my understanding of the chronology is that this was pre-exorcism, although we've now learned there were multiple exorcisms. Yeah. So that's right. the problem with the partial accuracy of this documentary is that it's easy to misconstrue without all the information. Right. And Carl, Carl pointed out, he said, you know, he thought it was, he found it very strange that the Warrens seemed more interested in recording and photographing the son than helping him. And he thought, mm-hmm. you know, and again, the implication being that a lot of it seemed performative. Mm-hmm. According mm-hmm. to something, I don't have the source for this, but this is something I read and I, I'll find the source and, and put it up for you, but that the Warrens played a role in helping create what the defense was. Now, I guess, I guess that's assumed, right? They go to the attorney and say, this guy mm-hmm. was possessed and we could vouch for that, yeah. I suppose. And he's like, okay, cool. We'll, right. we'll put you on the stand and we'll get you. Of course, that never really happened. Oh, okay. So here, before I tell you one more, uh, another thing from the documentary that I thought was really interesting. Um, like I mentioned, this this story has been covered many, many different times. Uh, in 1983, there was an NBC TV movie that, uh, again, c- roughly covers the same events. Of course, they take some liberties and it's, some of it's kind of more wild and lo- more lo-fi, certainly, than the, the documentary. They change the names of the, of the people mm-hmm. in the case. Uh, and in fact, Arnie Johnson, well, the Arnie Johnson analog is played by a very young uh, post-Friday the 13th, uh, Kevin Bacon. Um, oh, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. And the Warrens are played by, or the Warren stand-ins are played by Andy Griffith <laughs> and uh, Beverly McKinnon. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, in 1983, this is when we get the book. Jared Brittle, with the assistance of Lorraine Warren, publishes a book about it, about the incident called Devil in Connecticut. 
Uh, Lorraine mm-hmm. Warren stated the profits from the book were shared with the family. It was mm-hmm. either 2000 or 4500 depending on the source as to how much was goes to the, fa- to the family by the book publisher, whereas the Warrens received $81,000, according to Time magazine. In the documentary, the Glatzels, including David, are still pretty bitter about how the Warrens seem to make out, uh, and they did not in, in the ultimate mm-hmm. uh, you know, licensing of this story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Carl, to, for his, to his point, he tells a story in the documentary that he says that the, the Warrens told the author, this is how we want the story to go. The author did research talking to the family and went back to the, the, the Warrens and said, but that's not what happened. They, they said, that's mm. not true. No. And they said, make it scary. Our books sell when they're scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's suspect, but it, it doesn't. So, something's really bothering me. So mm, I, what is I'm going to rewind just a little bit. Remember you said that they were, they were upset that the Warrens were more interested in taking photos or recording audio than actually performing the exorcism. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that intellectually. But whenever I hear something that's so cut and dry, part of me goes, yeah, but how would that play out? So what if, what if it were real? And they performed the exorcism and they fixed everything. Right. And they go, where's your proof? And go, mm-hmm. oh, well, we didn't record it. You were there <laughs> and didn't take a single picture, didn't record any audio. Yeah, yeah. If the Warrens have seen the things the Warrens claim to have seen, yeah. to prevent themselves from being labeled as crackpots, they need to document this stuff or they're going to be labeled as crackpots. So- yeah. Good yeah. point. Don't that's, you think you need, if you were in their position, wouldn't you also grab mm-hmm. a little footage, record a little stuff <laughs> to yeah. prove that you're not just bananas? No, that's yeah. a completely fair point. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep, I yep. agree in that regard. Yeah. And I guess not having been there, I don't mm-hmm. know to what extent. I mean, you see, you see the pictures. It looks like they've got a mic to the kid's yeah, face. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. who yeah. was recording it? Who was taking the pictures? I guess if the Warrens were doing that themselves, then maybe, yeah. All right, put the camera down. Yeah. Let somebody else do that. Right. But maybe, maybe, maybe right. they were doing it that way. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> and with regard to the book, uh, when the book was republished in 2006, David, the possessed kid, and his brother, Carl, mm-hmm. sued the authors and book publishers for violating their right to privacy, libel, and, mm-hmm. quote, intentional affliction of emotional distress. Carl also claims that the the book, the story, Possession Story, was a hoax concocted by Ed and Lorraine, as I mentioned, to exploit the family and his brother's mental illness. And the book presented him, Carl, as the villain because he didn't believe in it. Um, he said he asserted that the Warren, this is also in the documentary, he says that the Warrens told his family, look, when this book comes out, you're going to be millionaires. And we're going to get, and, this, and it's going to help, you know, and this Possession Story is going to help keep Arnie out of jail. Of course, none of that became true. Uh, they, didn't, right. they didn't make yeah. out and, and Johnson went to jail. Glatzel's yeah. father, Carl Sr., denies he ever said to the author that his son was possessed. Wow. Really? Even though the, the book conveys it that way. Yeah. Got pretty far down the road <laughs> to, to go um, back and say, I never even said it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In The Haunting, which is another uh, reenactment uh, of this story for some TV show years ago. I want to say it was in the 90s. Uh, but they also tell this same story. In that version, a few days after Johnson egged on the demon that I mentioned to you during the exorcism, mm-hmm. he was attacked, mm-hmm. he claims, by the demon, which took control of his car while he was driving it and forced him to drive into a tree. Demons hate Chevrolets. <laughs> they do. Whoopie. You will drive a Ford or nothing. It was, it was the <laughs> early 80s. He was driving a Japanese car, and this car, this no. demon was like, buy American. <laughs> He, the demon was going to just run it out of gas, but it's so fuel efficient. He just chose a tree. Now, with regard to the Warrens, this isn't the first, first of all, you, you can look up stuff about Ed Warren. He's got some Jeffrey Jones type allegations against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Involving a young woman. 
which you can mm-hmm. look up. But that has necessarily nece- doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the veracity of these stories. Like John said, maybe they really did have these encounters, you know, documented. But this is not the first time that they've had a scandal like this. Uh, similarly, like I mentioned, they were involved in the Amityville horror. Uh, in that Ooh, in that yes. story, uh, just shortly, uh, I want to say it's Ronald DeFeo murders his entire family at this particular home. I think it's in seventy mm-hmm. five. I want to say or seventy four. And mm-hmm. the next year, the Warrens are brought in to investigate. They say it's got, you know, evil spirits and demons, et cetera. The year, mm-hmm. a year later, this new family buys the home and, you know, starts having all these uh, crazy experiences, um, which is the subject of the story uh, of the Amityville horror. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, oh, I've got years here. Oh, yeah. 74 was DeFeo. 75, the Lutz family moves in. Uh, mm. Yep. But in September of September of 1979, issue of People Magazine, William Weber, who was, I believe he was the DeFeo's attorney. Now, they were saying that, the Defe- mm-hmm. that DeFeo was probably possessed by a demon. That's why he murdered his whole family. Sounds mm-hmm. familiar, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. <laughs> William Weber, again, the, de- the yes. defense attorney, I believe he's the defense attorney for DeFeo, said, quote, in People Magazine, I know this book is a hoax. We created this horror story over many bottles of wine. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty damning. And this refers to a meeting that Weber had with George and Kathy Lutz, during which they discussed what would become the outline of Jay Anson's book. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Now, finally, John, what's interesting to me in a documentary (sighs) is the final story that Carl tells is he says that when he was doing some uh, cleaning up with his wife, he came across some uh, letters or uh, journals that his mother kept. He said that his mother documented everything that she did because she had OCD. It was part of her, you know, focus was to do these things. And one of the things Mm -hmm. she documented was, and he presented one of these uh, handwritten notes, was how she would give the children, her family rather, their medicine every night. And one of these journal entries Mm. was, you know, gave the family their medicine, everybody slept well. (laughs) Do you have Mm. a sound for that? Mm. No, no. I was, I was wide-eyed, and then I realized oh. you couldn't tell I was wide-eyed, so I had to. Wide eyes. So I had, I had to. I had to I'm, show you my surprise. Perfect. What he says is, what he said he remembers is that his mother would routinely give he and his brothers and his father Somonex every day. Wow. And one of mm. the dangers of Somonex is prolonged use, and they had it for years. Mm-hmm. Is hallucinations. Wow. Mm. So, of course, David, who now is saying he's possessed, in spite of the fact that I told you in 2007 he had a lawsuit where he's saying he was mentally ill, uh, right. said that his brother is, is wrong, that his mother, that their mother loved them and she would never do such a thing. Now, again, Carl, Carl has this journal that's you know, handwritten by his mother that says this. Anyway, so there you go, John. You talked, talked about facts and how they're presented and et cetera and so on. You know, yep. By the time you get to the end of the documentary, I think you have a, compl- a more complete story. Criticism of the documentary mm-hmm. that I've seen is that some of the audio that we've heard that John mentioned, some of the photos mm-hmm. are yeah. ginned up. Yeah. That yeah. if really? you find the raw audio, or if you listen to the audio on the, in the movie, you'll hear some extra mm-hmm. growling. You hear some music oh. underneath it, of course, because it's make it like very cinematic. And it seems yeah. to me when I listen to like that clip I paid, played you just there, it seems to mm-hmm. me that I, this is just me off the top of my head. So I might not be correct. They edited it in such a way that there was more of David and more call and response where like mm-hmm. the mother was saying, it's me, mommy. And he's saying, fuck you, go to hell. Kind of like, you know, Linda Blair's uh, Reagan mm-hmm. and Exorcist. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas right. when you listen to the yeah. actual tape, it's he's not saying as much as you is it presented, it seems to me. Oh, like maybe he's just spewing this profanity and not necessarily in response to any one individual. He's just acting out, you think? Or uh, No, not necessarily. But uh, it, it doesn't seem or like Or just the volume is not so much. Uh, yes, volume not as in level, you mean as in quantity, yes. The quantity. The quantity, so, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah. the photos, they make three-dimensional and sort of interactive. You know, they're moving around in these images. And some of them, mm -hmm. if you didn't have the context they portrayed, you wouldn't necessarily know what it's about. Like there's an image, mm -hmm. I think it's of Arnie, what looks like he's wrestling with uh, David. It could be playfully. It could be that he's holding him down because there's a demon inside him. You don't know. But they right. present it as if he had to hold his brother down or his you know, brother-in-law down, uh, that sort of thing. That's yeah, yeah. the criticism I've seen of it. And other criticism suggesting that the documentarians weren't objective in their presentation. I don't know that I agree with that because again, the latter half of the documentary is yeah. Carl's yeah. side of the story. So it's balanced, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean- yeah. I think so. Well, I think that that would be a hard hurdle to clear if they give any credence whatsoever to this entirely unbelievable to the majority of the population that anything like this could even happen. Mm -hmm. So I could see how you go, oh, well, you, if you even entertained it as possible, you're skewed toward the paranormal. Mm -hmm. I mean, that in itself would be a bias if you chose to determine mm -hmm. it's not possible. But it depends who you ask. Some people yeah. would say, well, it's fact. Is it fact? Is it fact that this is not real? I think that's the problem. We don't know. That's what makes it paranormal. It's not normal. Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about the paranormal is that- By definition. It's so right? not normal. <laughs> it's not that I necessarily believe it's true. It's <laughs> that you can't prove it's not. So yeah. there's a possibility of something extra normal out there that I find fascinating. Yeah, but that's dangerous, right? I mean, just generally in logic and, and arguments. Only if you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> generally in arguments. Are you saying I'm dangerous? <laughs> no. Because I entertain the possibility? No, what I'm saying well, is, and, lots and of I know reasons. you know this, but <laughs> for everybody else, the, uh, it's not the role of someone to prove a, your thing is not true. It's your job to prove it is true. So someone who mm. asserts I was possessed by a demon you can't prove that I wasn't. Well, that's not my burden. Your burden is mm -hmm. to prove you were possessed by a demon. So when you say like mm -hmm. the possibility of these things exist because you can't prove they're not true. Well, you, whoever believes those things has to prove they are in, true. In, in yeah. legal forums, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I, no, it should be beyond mm -hmm. that. I mean, that's the kind of problem we're in, I think, right? With all this sort of misinformation huh. and people willing to believe whatever. I, I don't believe it's so cut and dried, so- I'm entertaining possibilities. What I do think, John, is it's very exciting to believe in these kinds of possibilities. You know, it's, life can seem, mm -hmm. not lately, but life can seem pretty boring and mundane and to believe in these <laughs> other things, it makes it really exciting. I'll give you that. That's true. Right. That's fair. Yep. Cool. All right. So that was that. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, let's say that was uh, the whole story show, right? I mean, that was, yeah, no. that was it. Whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> And that, get back in <laughs> whatever that evening. was, mm -hmm. or this is, is brought to you, thanks in part. Oh yeah, put your gloves on. That's important. Yes. Get in there. All right. Yes. Thanks in part Sorry. to our early adopters like Karen oh. Flieger, who's here with Karen. us tonight. Yeah, Karen. Oh. Yay, Karen. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Karen. And also Rick Parker. And thank you especially to our yes. Secret of Our Success level Patreon supporters <laughs> like John Henderson, who was here briefly. I think he's gone now. Brandon Greer, who is here? He just commented. 
right there. I see him. Thank you, Brandon. Marcus Taylor, who I think is still here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe we put him to sleep. (laughs) Thank you, Marcus. That's a (laughs) vote of confidence. (laughs) Tony Great. Great. Nick Guillory, whom also is here tonight. Craig Coletta. And Matt Marino. We should have challenged (laughs) Kat to say everything in a Halloween way. <gasps> Nick Bury, <gasps> Craig Bullada, <laughs> Matt Burino, Marcus Bull. I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> Turn them all into booze. I'm glad you did it, Kat. That was terrible. <laughs> hey guys, uh, thank you so much for helping support this show. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. a mad scientist. What does that mean? Will she? Um, will give, well, Miss So. Will she give us? Yeah. Is Will Svenguli oh, or Dracula? I am a creature of my mm. own making, born in my mm. very own lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked every best folks on Facebook what their favorite horror movie is. Brandon goes mm. with Truth or Dare, A Critical Madness. I don't know what oh, that is. Oh, yeah. He says a very yeah. low-budget film released straight to video in 1986. Huh. I hope it's not body horror. I don't like body horror. <laughs> Kane says Street Trash, which is body horror. It's a very bizarre uh, movie where oh homeless people are being killed by some beverage. Melted. They're being melted. A beverage? Eric, yeah, it's like, it's like mad like dog, but, poison, but like acid. Oh, uh, Eric oh, says, uh, some might call it cheesy, but I'm going with 1987 horror masterpiece known as Killer Workout. Also oh, known as yeah. Robicide. <laughs> mm. just, Eric, Eric was trying to convince just, me that this was on my watch list. Mm, and I'm like, oh, no. I just no. love that those exist. Oh, I don't even no. see them. <laughs> Nick says The Toxic Avenger. I grew up watching mm, it edited okay. for TV. Yeah. I finally saw the full version this year. Wow, how different they are. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm sure. And Kathy says Night of the Comet, which of course hmm. starred someone who was ah. on the show, but I won't mention her. Oh. Catherine Mary Stewart. <laughs> okay. There, there it is. you go. Very good. There it is. Now, because I am a ghoul of my word, I'll bring mm-hmm. you, we'll, turn, we'll make a deal with your friend Will and see if we can't let him out. <gasps> if you can't Aww. hear him, I don't, I just give up. I'm going to give up. <laughs> Hopefully you can hear him. So just let me know if you can hear him right away and see how he's doing. To see the oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll do that. But you're going to let me out if I do that? Uh, sure. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, we will talk to you again next time on <laughs> 1980s Now. You're free to go. Oh, oh, there he goes. Ooh. <gasps> oh. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys. Hey, you still, are you still recording? Hey, hey. Yep, um, still recording. Hey. Yeah, just the tail end. Mm-hmm. Oh my there goodness! Go. It is so Are good okay? to be okay? back with you in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. We missed Hang you. On, I think I'm having a hard. I'm having a hard time hearing you. Hang on, let me. Uh, I'm not okay. sure what this All right. the other guy did. Hang on, let me see here. Oh, oh, the other guy. Oh, oh. 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 oh no. So he actually thinks he's back in the studio. Oh. I created another studio that looks just like it. Damn it, like you! A- Devious son of a bitch. Yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> As the man said, we will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Bye-bye, yo. 